Hey, Top Fans, Bill from Top Fan Rivalry, coming to you again in another clubhouse, again with one of my favorites. This guy's been on the show a couple of times. He's got his own show. He's a fantastic Dodger fan, but a fantastic father and just a human being of all. So, Jake, welcome back into the clubhouse, my friend. Good to be back, man. Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. You bet, man. I, I always look forward to our conversations. Jake oh, yeah. and I had a chance to talk offline, and we can do that for hours. We're, oh, we're yeah. both looking at our watches going, do we really got to work today? I yeah. mean, this is, this is getting too easy. Yeah, it's like, man, we got to go on the clock now? What's going on? <laughs> you know what do you mean? We got to actually do some stuff? This is great. <laughs> so for those of you that, uh, that haven't caught it yet, uh, this is Jake Warner, big brother Jake. Uh, he's got a podcast. He's been on um, our show a couple of different times. Um, just all around great Dodger guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Dodgers. And then he's got a couple of things that I, I think might be interesting to, to fans in general, but Dodger fans particularly. So, so Jake, first and foremost, before we go into any of that fun stuff, tell me about what you think we're midway through the, well, a little bit further than midway through the season, mm -hmm. but 60 and 30, what do you think? You know, 60 and 30 is a very impressive record to have at the all-star break. And I'm really very, very optimistic where this, where this club is going to go. Um, these guys, the chemistry in the clubhouse, that is such an underrated factor with a lot of people. But these guys genuinely love to be around each other. They like to play with one another. Uh, I think a big factor with, with this season is not as many critical injuries as it has been in the past. Um, I, I'm loving everything I see from this team. When one guy's not doing well, the others pick them up. And they keep it moving. They don't dwell on losses like they used to. If they lose a game, they just pick up where they left off and, and, and put it behind them. And uh, the way they play the game, it's they, they have fun. You know, and, and that's the, the thing a lot of these teams don't utilize or, or think about. It's fun. It's a game. This is something you've been working for your whole career, your whole life. And these guys are like little leaguers out there, you know, doing the little hand signals and, you know, all that stuff. And um, they're having fun and it shows. And when you have fun, it, it, it leads to winning. It leads to a winning atmosphere. And the fact that they're 60 and 30 just shows me that these guys are locked in and they're ready to roll, man. Yeah. And, and I love your comment about how they just kind of bounce back. I mean, arguably we could be like 65 and 25. There was a couple of games where, you know, in Arizona, one in Chicago, where we, mm -hmm. we just, it, it just things happen. One in Philadelphia, right? A ball between Max, but, but they don't even care. They just, they're, it's kind of like when you and I were, were playing, you know, until the streetlights came on. Right. Yeah. And then we'd hear our parents, it's time to come in. And yeah. you're like, dang it. But these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to do it. And they're right. having fun. And yeah. it shows, right. Yeah. It shows in their record. It shows in their, their everything. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. Absolutely. I love that because because we got a team just down the road from them that doesn't look like they're having much fun. Oh, no, no. And, and they know? thought it was the manager that was the problem. But guess what? Manager's gone and they're still playing bad. So what's that tell you? And I have a beef with that new manager. I From played that? against him when I was uh, when I was in high school. We used to play a league in Long Beach and it was mm -hmm. mainly for college kids. He's He's 10 years older than me or eight years older than me, but he, uh, I was uh, going into my sophomore year and I thought I was a stud and he was going into, I think his senior year in college and mm -hmm. I threw him a pitch in a summer league and he tattooed it. Like I didn't even have to look back. And so every day now 
even when he hit the MLB, I'm like, yeah, I hope he goes over four today. (laughs) It's it's my own personal vendetta that I haven't gotten over since 91 or whatever it was. I'm not a fan of that guy because I've had interactions with him. So, yeah, he can go over four. He can lose the rest of the season. I I, I won't be sad for him at all. I'm just going to put it there. (laughs) Well, I I feel bad for this club. I mean, they got probably arguably two of the best players on the planet. Right. And yet. You know, they go on a 14-game losing streak, and they're, what, something like 14 games under 500 or something like that. And at the beginning of the year, we're killing it. You know, we were all like, oh, an I-5 World Series. Everybody was hyping that up. And then all of a sudden, they dropped 14. And it's like, yeah, we'll be there for the Freeway Series, and that's it. Like, (laughs) Enjoy your couch in October. We'll we'll, we'll stick around. Yeah, (laughs) Speaking of that, did you see some of the statistics coming out of that Freeway Series? Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. Wow. <laughs> Under one ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we outscored them like 22 to four, something like yeah. that. I, I, you don't, those are like video game stats. Yeah, on rookie right? mode. <laughs> yeah, it, right, exactly, in rookie mode, right? It's, it's easier to play. Now, I yeah. mean, for some reason, especially lately, the Dodgers have the Angels number. You know, uh, there are so many Dodger fans because I was working there during the series, uh, the freeway series. You know, watching Kershaw take that perfect game into the eighth inning, like, man, that was magical. I mean, the, the, the fact that they're this good and they're not even fully, like, packed and, and, and fully charged and have all their players playing, that's scary. And I really can't, in the, you know, take my Dodger fandom aside. Just as a baseball guy, being been around the, the game for 20 years plus, working and whatnot, seeing this team not fully loaded with injuries, it's a scary thing, man. Like, I cannot see anybody, not one team, that could beat this team. And, and, and again, that's not my Dodger fandom. My, my blue blood's not oozing out anywhere. It's just, I mean, these guys are that good. They're scary good. And the fact that they can just – overcome a loss and go back out there the next day. I, I think, you know, the, the, the front office is letting uh, Roberts manage a little more and not micromanaging, which that's been a problem. And I think cost them two world series. Um, you know, even though I'm a doctor employee saying that it's okay. I don't mind, you know, I'm not scared, but it's facts. And, and, and when you let Roberts manage the way he can manage and the players are receptive to it, there's no stopping this team. I really can't see any other team beating the Dodgers. I really can't. Yeah. No, it's it's um, it's scary how good these guys are. It, it yeah. and it was funny you mentioned the Clayton Kershaw perfect game. Mm. I was, I mean, this is probably when you Dodger fans hear this. Don't lynch mom me, okay? <laughs> I was actually praying that he would give up a hit because I even though his pitch count was under control, I yeah. would didn't want Roberts to have to make a decision right in the ninth inning him taking a perfect game into the ninth inning. What do I do? Do I pull out this guy or do I let him throw 115, 118 pitches or whatever? Because the answer is you got to let him go. Right. Oh yeah. And and I think after that time, was it Minnesota when he, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they took him out during the perfect game. Uh, he got so much flack for that. And Roberts, he lets easily lets things just, you know, slide down his back or whatever, like water, duck to you know, water to a duck. But I don't think, he, I don't think they would have pulled him out this one. There's yeah, no way. 
no way that would have happened. They would have let him stay in there. He can't do that twice in this season. They would kill him. <laughs> well, the Dodger fans would lynch Bob, that's for sure. They would so. kill him. <laughs> well, and it was it was funny because after Shohei got that hit off Tyler Anderson yeah. in the ninth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Tyler Anderson could get that no-hitter, had to go through the best part of the lineup. Yes, okay? he is. Which is, in baseball, that's kind of how it should be, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he struck out Mike Trout. Right. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so I was afterwards, I was doing a live and people were like, F Otani. Oh, he sucked. I'm like, wait a second. All he did was his job. Like, he's yeah. not supposed to go up there and say, Hey, you got a no hitter going. I'm just going to yeah. let swing I'm and miss on this. Watch go by. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he did his job. And, and tell me, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, Jake, be honest with me, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, we were going to be 60 and 30 at the all-star break, but our two best pitchers were going to be TG and, and uh, Tyler Anderson. Yeah. What would have you said to me? I'll say you're full crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody saw that coming. Not, not even them. The no. Dodgers didn't see this coming, you know? And, and, and for those two guys to be, you know, with their records the way they are and, you know, making all-star teams and stuff. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. No one saw that coming. And that's why this team is so good because players you don't expect to step up and, and, and play at the highest level are stepping up and playing at the highest level. So, I, again, everybody's picking up where others can't, you know, pr- produce or perform. And that's why this team is scary good because everybody's stepping up and when they get their opportunities, they're knocking it out the park, man. So that's why this team is 60 and 30 and and will be a strong contender to the end, man. Scary stuff. Well, and it, it, what's interesting to me, and you mentioned it offline, you mentioned Murder's Row. As yeah. a as a former high school and college pitcher, I look at this lineup and there's not even Cody struggling, Max is struggling, yes. But mm-hmm. I look up and down this lineup, there's not a guy I want to pitch to. No. Right? There's, there's not an easy out. Even... Because Max no. can do damage at any time. Cody can do damage at any yep. time. Even Hanzo Roberto, even the guys on the bench, there's not anybody on the – I mean, Jake Lamb hit, what, two home runs in two games uh, this last <laughs> homestand? What? Like, there's nobody that you look at and go, okay, we're at that point. I can breathe. Yep. Gavin Lux is hitting almost 300. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and who saw that coming? Because he, he struggles all the time, but he's been playing consistent. You know, JT, he'll go in a small slump and then he'll end up having, you know, four games where he's batting like three for five, two for five, four for five. You know, it's crazy how these guys just perform. There's no easy outs. And the bench players and the the role players, the utility guys, they're playing great, you know. And like you said, even though Muncie is struggling, you know, when it counts, he balls out, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. we know he's under the Mendoza line. He's struggling, you know, and because – of who he is and what he's done in the past, they're not going to send him down to the minors. So it's like, all right, we'll no stick with him. there's no need to, he'll find a way to get out of it. And he plays at his best when it counts, you know, nobody saw him that he was going to play so well in the world series when they won it. And he did. So, you know, at any given time, he'll, he'll snap out of it. There's no worries because we're the everybody like Bellinger and everybody that's struggling, everybody else picks them up. So yeah, man. It's, well, it's and, a- and the other thing about Max Muncy too is, in the last three weeks, we've seen him get key sack blocks, right? right. And mm-hmm. honestly, there's there's a better – there's not a better player that doesn't go up there and try to hit the five-run home run, mm-hmm. right? Max is just like, okay, we need to get a run in, 
right? So as long as I can hit this ball deep enough, I'm good, right? And I'll take it, right? I mean, we saw that in the Cardinal series when we had the comeback where he had a key sack fly. And, and, you know, unfortunately, the game that you and I grew up watching where you, like guys like Ricky Henderson or Steve Sachs would get on and then steal second, and then you're trying to manage that game is gone. Everybody's up trying to hit a five-run home run. Yep, exactly. You know, it, I can equate it to like the NBA now where, you know, nobody knows how to shoot a, a baseline jumper or, or a mid-range shot. Everyone wants a three-pointer or a dunk. It's the same thing in baseball. It's either swing for defenses or go home. And, yeah, small ball is dead, man. So I think if whoever brings back small ball, they're going to be a contender, man. And there's glimpses of it with the Dodgers here and there. But, yeah, yeah man, that, that game is dead now, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's – I mean, I you're right. I watched an NBA game not too long ago before the season ended, and there was like 43-point shots from each team. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you would have never saw this with the run-and-gun Lakers. What no. did they shoot, like four three-pointers a game or something like that? Something like that, yeah. You, you know, if you have a fast break, no one's pulling up for a three. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the NBA nowadays. It on baseball the same way. It's like, you know, you have two runners on – you know, you can manufacture some runs and get them in, play small ball. Nah, let me go ahead and hit a three-run homer. And yeah. then you strike out swinging or you you strike out looking or you fly into out. a double play. Yeah, hit into yeah. a double play. It's like, you know, with yeah. all these shifts going on, you have all this open field. Like, just, just you know, squirt it in there, man, and and get the runners home. That's what it, that's all that matters. But Amen. I think this is with this team, though. You know, it's like they find ways to win doing stuff like that here and there. But yeah, a lot of them swing for the fences and it's frustrating to watch. It really is. <laughs> the other night Cody was up uh, to bat and I can't remember if it was Joe Davis or if it was or Hershiser. One of the two said, you know, he could bunt for a double right now. <laughs> the third baseman <laughs> was on the second base side and the shortstop yeah. was even with second base. Yeah. He's like, if you can get it past the pitcher and get it past third base, you got a double. And I'm oh, thinking yeah. to myself, how does Oral see this and Cody does it? Like, yeah, just I, I don't put know. it down that row right there. Just so focus on getting that, you know, that home run. And it's like, yeah. dude, look at all these gaps you could hit it into, you know, but it's yeah. it's a mental game. It, it becomes a mental game when you struggle. And I think, you know, these guys are just trying to find their way, man. But once they do, whoo, man, that, yeah. <laughs> the Dodgers are scary now. When these guys find their way and CT3 gets back from injury and Walker Bueller gets back, oh, my goodness, man. It's it's scary, man. The, like our, our good friend Professor Yogi Berry used to say, right, 90% of the game is half mental. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I will tell you one injury that, that I actually almost teared up about mm-hmm. um, was Daniel Hudson. That oh. guy – has done so much to get back and he's such a good teammate and to see him go down on an injury like that, which is totally not something that he could have prepared for. Yeah. That was rough. That was rough. That, to walk. Yeah. You know, and that guy has been really trying to get back to how he once played and performed. And, you know, he's, he's working out and rehabbing hard and doing everything he could. And then for that to happen, it's just really heartbreaking to, to, to watch and witness and, you know, I, I wish him a speedy recovery and, you know, um, at least he can get back to form and, and, and be able to participate and help this team produce, you know, because he's yeah. been such a such a key player, you know, when when, he, when he's on, he's on, you know. So it, it, it was tough to see. I, I'm with you. I was like, oh, no, this guy's really I, tried, man. I'm like anybody but that guy, right? Any, yeah. Honestly, anybody but that guy, because that guy yeah. has fought through two Tommy Johns. Yes. He's made it all the way back. And yeah. 
then this happens. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's anybody but this guy. Heartbreaking. <laughs> he does All right, we're going to switch gears now. So I, I hear that you've got a, uh, a returning, I'm not going to say new because you've done it before, <laughs> but a returning employment thing. Tell me about that. What are you doing? All right. So, yeah, back in 2003, 2004, uh, I worked for the Dodgers as their radio producer and um, audio engineer. I was the first African-American to do that. So I was my own Jackie Robinson moment with the Dodgers. But uh, I quit um, to raise a family. And I stayed in radio, stayed in sports. But um, I got the call. The great Dwayne McDonald that runs uh, the show, the broadcast with uh, Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner, he, his wife is having a baby. And so AM570, the great Don Martin, my man, um, he calls me up and says, well, man, I know you used to do this back 18 years ago. Would you, would you like to do the postseason run? We need somebody badly, my man. And I'm like, yeah. You know, I said, I'll find people to fill in for me for the Clippers and Kings. I'd love to do it one more, one more time, you know, and fill in and just get that taste that I miss having 18 years ago. You know, I, I wish I would have never left, to be honest. So I will be uh, producing and audio, uh, audio mixing for the Dodger Radio Network. Uh, beginning September 1st, all the way till we win the World Series, damn it. <laughs> now, this is this means you're going to travel with the club and everything, yes. right? Yep, I'm already scheduled to do the last two road trips of the year, which is our uh, first trip is San Diego, Arizona, San Francisco. And then two weeks after that, it's just San Diego. And then wherever we end up in the postseason, probably New York, probably Milwaukee, probably San Diego, who knows, but I'm ready for all of it. And it's fun to be back. I've, I've worked a couple of games at home already. Um, I did a couple of games in Anaheim. So it, it, it's there, it, you know, and I do that for the Clippers and the LA Kings. So it's, it's like riding a bike, man. It doesn't matter the sport. You know, as long as they sound good, you're doing your job. And, and I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be there with, with my team. And the hardest part is not being too loud when I cheer. You know, <laughs> you know it's supposed to be professional. But damn it, I'm a Dodger fan, man. Like, I think Rick Monday, every single time I see him, it's like, thank you for that home run in 81, man. Thank you for destroying Montreal's chances of ever winning a World Series. When we used to go to Montreal when I worked for them the first time, they still hated Rick. They still would curse him out, flip him off. Um, you know, they'd moon the bus when we were leaving uh, Olympic Stadium. The old school fans would moon us, and they would make sure Rick Monday saw him. He would just laugh. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's exciting to be around my team every day, man. So you're talking about one of my guys. So my, my all-time favorite player is Steve Garvey, but yes. Rick Monday is, is in my top five. Um, and I oh. got to tell you the 81 home run, but Whew. curious, have you ever talked to him about the flag incident when he was a cup? Absolutely. I have, because uh, for those that don't know, Rick Monday is a Marine. There's no such thing as a former Marine. That's you're right. Always, you're always a Marine, always a Marine. And me being a Navy guy, former sailor, I don't care, I'll say it. Um, we would always give each other back and forth, you know, rib each other. And so I said, Rick, you know, one of the things that, because my dad was a huge Rick Monday fan as well, and, I, and my dad was Air Force. And I was like, Rick, you know, um, my family loves you for what you did with the flag. And how did you feel when they started lightning on fire? He's, he said, I heard the commotion. I turned around. He said, I didn't think of anything else, but they're not going to burn that flag in front of me. So I charged over there as fast as I could and ripped it out their hands. And uh, to this day, that flag that he saved is in his living room uh, on a mantle. And I've seen it because I've, he lives in Vero Beach in the offseason. 
And um, I've been to his home several times and I look at the flag and it's just like, wow, this is the flag you saved. And he's like, yeah. And he's very proud of that. And he'll talk to anybody about it. You know, it's one of the, the biggest moments in sports history. And, you know, he loves this country. Um, Rick is somebody that, you know, he doesn't play around when it comes to that stuff. So he said, I would have, I would have got kicked out the game or, or, or put out of baseball permanently because I was going to hurt those guys. But I said, I could hurt them or I could save the flag and he saved the flag. So, yeah. Was there an option like C to do both? No. <laughs> I think he would If he had a choice, he probably would have, you know, but I love uh, Rick Monday. He's one of the greatest guys to be around, not just as you know, an analyst now or a former player, he's just a great human being um, that you can go to for anything. I've known Rick almost 19 years now. And um, every time we, we have a little ritual that's, you know, it's not for, <laughs> for the air, but we say certain things to each other before broadcast for good luck. But uh, I'll tell you off there. <laughs> but um, oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> but Rick is one of the classiest, um, hardworking men. He preps for every broadcast like it's you know the world series he's very knowledgeable but he in my younger times when i would make errors he wouldn't even get mad he would just look and he's like are you right you know is there something i could do to make things easier like taking the blame off me i'm like no i did that that's my fault but yeah just the best human being i love that guy love him to death yeah he's he became even though he was a cub that day he became a dodger that day oh he did yeah and, i mean and, and, <laughs> and, and, and people forget he was a cub when he did that. Some people think he was a Dodgers. Like, no, he was a cub. No, he and, was a cub. Uh, yeah. And, and, and for, for saving the flag and for that home run at 81, I, like literally every day when I see him, thanks for hitting the home run, Rick. And he's like, stop it already. He's so humble. <laughs> he's like, stop it. I'm like, come on. When you were running around third, pumping your fist, I was doing the same thing, man. And my dad was too. I'm like, you got us that World Series in 81 because you won in Montreal with that home run. And he's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. We, we're good. <laughs> we were, yeah. We're moving on, coach. Moving on. <laughs> what happened in 81? Like, okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it was 40 years ago. We, oh, we still yeah. love you. I still love him for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm excited for you to be part of the Dodger crew Thanks. again. Um, couldn't be a better person to do that than, than you. And, Thank you. Um, and I love your, um, I, for those of you that if you don't follow Big Brother Jake um, on Instagram, please do that. Uh, he puts up different things. I saw posts that you did with different, you know, Dodgers that that we've lost oh, yeah. um, in the past. People oh, yeah. that, you know. That was Perez. Um, yeah. I mean, for a moment, he was all right. I when I was with the team and I didn't have a lot of people I would talk to other than like, you know, radio producers or TV guys. And I was on I think it was a team bus we were leaving i think it was denver and odalis came up to me and he sat down and he's like how you doing i was like oh am i taking your seat I, I know you guys sit in the back he's like no 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 it's okay and we chatted up the long bus ride from blake street where where uh, coors field is to the denver airport that's a good 30 miles okay it's long drive and i got to know him i got to know him um through that that sit down and we became really good friends. Um, even after he left, we still talked. Um, we had, I don't know if I told this story before, but there was an incident with Barry Bonds. And it, it, okay, so I'll tell this one real quick too. Awesome. So, <laughs> we just had, we had a game, I think against the Padres at Dodger Stadium, flew into Denver. And we were 
we were early. We had an off day there. So we got there Sunday night. The game with the Giants and the Rockies was rained out, okay? So O'Dallas is like, hey, you know, you want to have some drinks at the bar? He calls my room. I'm like, yeah. He's like, one of my friends is going to join us. I was like, okay, cool. So we get to the bar, and Pedro Feliz, that used to play for the Giants, he comes down, and he brings Barry Bonds with him. Now, Barry Bonds has, like, dissed me, wouldn't do interviews with me when I was working for Fox Sports Radio, um, and I used to be, like, the, the, the guy out, out in the field getting interviews and doing asking crazy questions and stuff. He would never answer my questions. And I was like, okay. And so we sit there, and he's like, hey, I'm Barry. How you doing? I'm like, I'm Jake. Nice to meet you. you know, I'm a, do- a giant hater. I'm a Dodger fan. <laughs> so, uh, but but he's, he's being nice. There was a wedding at, this, at the hotel we stayed at because both teams were there. And the photographer comes out, and he starts taking pictures of Barry Bonds. And Barry's just sitting there, like, with, with a drink. And I got up, and I just pushed the camera. I like, get the hell out of here, man. Get the F out of here. Like, you know, go do your job. You don't, don't take pictures of Barry Bonds. Go. Get out of here. Barry looks at me, and he goes, what's your name again? I said, Jake. And he's like, where'd you grow up? San Bernardino, California. He's like, I'm from Riverside. We're IE boys. What are you drinking? Anything you want. And that night, Barry Bonds is buying me drinks. <laughs> but that all happened because of Dallas Perez. And, right. you know, his, his untimely death, he fell off a ladder and, and hit his head. And, and he never, he never um, recovered from that. So, yeah, I, I love Dallas Perez. You know, he'll forever be a Dodger to me, him and Jose Lima. You know, two guys I used to hang with on the road all the time. So, yeah, you know, if you follow at Big Brother Jake, you'll see a lot of these pictures and stuff like that. But, that's why I say you guys got to follow this guy. He does he does a great job when it comes to that. Hey. <laughs> I I have to tell you, I was in uh, I was in the Midwest last year, mm-hmm. and I was at a, a trade show, and somebody this gal walks by and she hears me talking to somebody about being a Dodger fan, uh-huh. and she walks up to me and she says, "You're a Dodger fan." Now I'm in the Midwest. I'm nowhere yeah. near LA. Yeah. And, yeah. And she says, yeah, I said, yeah, I am. And she goes, my brother-in-law, my ex-brother-in-law used to be a Dodger. Okay, that's great. Like, you hear these stories all the time, right? So I I will never forget in 1997, the Dodgers go up to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's the best out of three series, the last three games. Winner take all. Two out of three, somebody's going to the playoffs. You lose two out of three, you're not. I remember that series that you're talking about. Okay, and so Darren Bradford throws a fastball to Barry Bonds, who I was a fan of at the time. Oh, yeah. He hits it a moonshot, and Barry starts going, and then he does that little 360. Yeah. Goes to first base. You remember what I'm talking about, right? I do. Absolutely. I was talking to Lisa Dreyford. Ah. Um, Darren's, uh, Darren's ex, you know, sister-in-law. She was married to Darren's brother. Yeah. And she she was so funny. And I, I asked her about that, and she goes, I don't know anything. We, you know, we always stayed out of the baseball world. I'm like, out of the baseball world. Like her husband was in AAA and I think he made the MLB and mm-hmm. was wasn't up for very long. He wasn't yeah. like Darren where he was up for a while. And I just asked, I said, how's Darren doing? And he, you know, he's recovering. He's had, you know, multiple injuries and you oh, know, yeah. surgery and stuff like that. I, I know Darren's current wife very well. Um, okay. Crystal Fernandez that used to work for Fox 11 in Los Angeles and Fox Sports Radio. Um, I talk to her all the time. Darren's doing well. You know, he's, he, he's had double hip surgery and, yep. uh, but Darren, he's just living his life in Southern California with her and their, their children. And, 
Yeah, he's a, he's, he was another one that was really good to me. He His car couldn't start in the players a lot after we got off a trip, and I gave him a jump, and that's how we became friends. You know, I don't talk to him or her as much as I used to, but that, that's a cool story, man, because, yeah, yeah he's, he's from Kansas. He, yeah. I, I love that dude. I used to crack up because of his hat. You know how he yeah. used to bend his hat? Like, it was almost like a V. I'm like, yeah. Darren, come on, brother. You, you could do better than this. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, if you... If you're looking for the Midwest redneck look, you're getting it, right? He nailed I mean, it. He nailed it. And, you and know. I, used to, I used to feel sad for Darren because a lot of people don't know, you know, he was playing hurt. And every plane ride, bus ride, he was recovering. He had machines on him for those long five-hour flights to New York. And I felt bad for him because he's like, we sat and talked. And I was like, Darren, how do you feel, man? You know, he's like, if the fans only knew that I'm really giving my odds, I'm not stealing money. I would give it back. Like he, he said he would give it back, but the union's like, no, you won't, <laughs> you yeah, know, no, you won't. <laughs> you will not give it back. Um, and he, he, I know he felt bad when, when his career ended because he, when, when he's healthy was one of the best pitchers out there. And um, I just, I used to be so sad for him because he was literally in pain, you know, doing everything he can to rehab and he just couldn't get back to his old form. You know, it's really sad. The hard the hard part about baseball, and you know this, you've been around these professional athletes. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me when I when I realized it was time. Is yeah. when you're that little, little, little kid and you're you're dreaming about playing at 7:30 at night on a you know Wednesday night in some mm-hmm. stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this dream. And then if you're fortunate enough to go through Little League where you make an all-star team and you're you're decent, right? I'm currently watching the captain, right? It just That's came great- on. That was great. I saw it. I love it. Yeah, I I started watching this morning and I put it on pause. And and Mm -hmm. so, but when you're you're good enough where you make that, and then you're good enough, you make your high school team, and then maybe a college team, and now you got teams talking to you and things like that. And you know, you if you actually make it, the one thing that they don't teach you to do is retire. Yeah. You 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 never yeah, you have to wait till you're totally worn out before it's like, yeah, I don't have it no more. Uh, I guess it's I mean, ask Roger Clemens, right? How many oh. half seasons did he play with the Astros? Mm-hmm. Because he just couldn't hang it up, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, oh, I'm going to come back in in June. I'll be ready. Yeah. Dude, you know, do what you got to do. But, yeah. I mean, if your family doesn't like you, that's one thing. Deal with that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah, just retire. There's time, yeah, there's a time when you know it's like, you know what? I guess I should hang it up. But a lot of people don't know it till it's too late. And yeah. then it's like, you, you know, like when you see like Willie Mays retire in a Mets uniform and it's like, no, that's not, no, that's not. Well, it. you mentioned yeah. Jackie and Jackie did it right. Remember, <laughs> you know, the story about Jackie and why he retired, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that story. He tra- got traded to the, to the New York giants and he, he said, no, nah, I don't, I don't play for the giants. I'm sorry. I'll just quit. Yep. I'm out. I'm out. You guys don't want me anymore. I'm out. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> That's okay. Well, well, Jake, as we wrap up, give us one more fun. These have been fantastic and we can do this all day too, but give me one more fun Dodger story. I love your Dryford story. I love your Barry Bond story. I love, give me one more fun Dodger story that you want to share with top fan rivalry. Uh, podcast. I, I, okay. Yeah, I got one. Um, Vince okay. Scully saved my life. <laughs> and this is how it happened. I, I love telling this story, by the way. So we had a two game exhibition during spring training. Uh, against the Mets in Mexico City, okay? Now, Mexico City is like double the elevation is, uh, of Denver. It's like 7,000 feet. Like, it's right. crazy. 
So everywhere you go, it's hard to breathe and there's pollution and everything. And I'm asthmatic. So when we travel, we have all this gear we have to carry. There's no elevators at the soccer stadium we're playing at. I forget what the name of the soccer stadium is. Very historic. I had to go up five flights of stairs twice. No inhaler. It's already 110 degrees. Humidity is 98%. I make my second trip up. I collapse. I'm done. I'm on the ground. All of a sudden, I feel cold water being poured down my neck. And I hear, are you okay? I said, Vince Gully. Is that Vince Gully? Or I'm in heaven. Does God sound like Vince Gully? <laughs> and, and it's him. And he's like rubbing my back. He's like, I can't have you die on me. We have a game to produce. And I was laughing after that. And I was like, I, I knocked out and you saved my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that whole season, <laughs> every time I saw him, he's like, you're all right, right? I don't need to do anything, right? I'm like, I got you, man. And, and so that was a running joke every time we got on a bus. And then when we went to Colorado, and uh, that was when I got my picture with him that I hang in my home. And he's like, once you, you know, make sure you're okay for this picture. I'm not trying to, it was just a running joke over and over again. Um, but the other fun story real quick. In 2004, when Steve Finley hit the Grand Slam home run, and you can, yes. go, you can YouTube this, you can look it up. As Vin's doing the call, he lost the ball when Steve Finley hit it. He goes, it's high and wherever she goes. And he looks back at me like this, and I'm like this, because I can't say it. Wherever she is, it is over. And he's like, Grand Slam for Steve Finley. He lays out, turns his mic off, looks back at me, because we knew we were going to St. Louis off that home run to play the Cardinals and get beaten five games. He looks at me, goes, Mike Shannon's, anything you want off the menu, I got you. <laughs> back on and it was smooth. And I'm just sitting there like. <laughs> and another Did thing I had. Did you take him up I'm, on it? Huh? Did you take him up on it? Oh, I did, for sure, because he wouldn't let me. But this is another cool thing I have. You know, I know this is so professional right now. <laughs> but after that home run was hit, I went down to the clubhouse to get um, some, like, microphone cords. Mitch, the club, uh, clubhouse guy, throws yeah. me this hat, okay? Okay. Lima hands me this bottle and sprays me in the face. He's like, bro, we did it. He got me. And that stuff burns, right? It burns. It burns. Hi. <laughs> My daughter's interrupting. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so they had me this bottle and I start spraying and we had a good time. And nice. I got to be a part of the ceremony in the corner after all the cameras left. They were still going after the cameras left. And they were like, you're part of this too, man. You, you were here every game. And I was like, I felt like the, uh, part of the team. So yeah, those are some fun times I had, man. It was a great time. Nice. I love it. I love those <laughs> stories, man. Oh. <laughs> Top fans, I promise you we will get Jake on more and more to give you some more Dodger stories as this oh, year yeah. completes. I mean, this is this is fantastic stuff, man. These are these are things that you'll be able to tell your kids and your grandkids. Hey, when this guy, you know, when Rick Monday passed away or whatever, right? Yeah. Or Vinny. And Vinny's not allowed to go, you know, this year because we lost Tommy, no. right? So no. yeah, we can't. You can't I, I lose Tommy when that happens. Oh. God. Oh my gosh. You, you can't do, you can't do both at the same time. Right. And so, yeah. but I mean, these are, these are great scenarios for you to be able to tell your kids and grandkids about. So. 
I yeah, there's been a lot of my stories. My oldest one, my I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and then a six-year-old you just saw. But uh, my 16-year-old, she always asks, because they're, they're Dodger fans. They had no choice. You know, my step-grandfather, when I was born, right when I, I came out the womb, he put a Dodger hat on me. He's like, he has no choice. My dad, that grew up in Washington, D.C., as a Senators fan, moved to L.A. for work, met my mom, became a Dodger fan. There was no choice. You were a Dodger fan or nothing, you know? So my right. daughters have heard some of these stories, you know, and they – they trip out like when Fernando Valenzuela comes up and says, hey, Jake, how you doing? They're like, oh, my gosh, daddy, you know him? Like, yeah, we work together. We travel together. We, you know, I see him all the time now that I'm back out there every day. And it's like that was my favorite player growing up. Um, Fernando Valenzuela. That's who I thought you were going to say was was pouring water on you. And I thought you were going to say he was probably going, you should be used to this. I mean, this is nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're talking about Mexico City. I'm thinking, oh, this has got to be Fernando. <laughs> No, but he did give me a hot foot once in the dugout. I was, oh, um, no. I was with the late great Stu Mahan. Um, I was um, like holding the equipment so he can work, because Stu, as he was getting older, he couldn't lift his shoulder, so I do the microphone thing for him. And I was sitting, and I felt my foot like hot as hell. And it's Fernando giving me a hot foot. That guy's a, a joker. I, I I got a story about him too, real quick. Go we were it. a jack in the box in um, Phoenix, in Arizona. It was after a game. And he's like, hey, can I get a ride with you guys? I'm like, sure. So uh, we had a rental car, and I would take my credential off and put it on my, my mirror so I wouldn't forget it in the hotel room. We're going to Jack in the Box. It's probably 11 at night. And they're like, oh, you guys work for the Dodgers. I'm like, yeah. And one of the managers is like, I love Fernando Valenzuela, man. He's like my favorite. <laughs> he's in the back seat, right? So I said, what would you do if you can meet Fernando right now? Oh, I would give you guys free food. Man, I turned that dome light on so quick. I said, here he is. All right. Oh, my God. Everybody from the kitchen came back. Oh, my God. They came and locked the door, made us park. We went in there. They, we had Jack in the Box all to ourselves. And he was signing pictures, like signing autographs for everybody. We used to carry baseballs for that reason. You know, so he would sign, take pictures. He never, ever, ever, ever refuses a picture or an autograph, ever. Unless he, he can't physically stay. He'll sign everybody's stuff. But he was, like, so nice to everybody. And then he turns around and goes, I'm mad at you. Why didn't you just keep going? Why did you have to bring me up? <laughs> but he wasn't mad. He was amazing just being playful. He was a very fun guy to be around. And to be around that guy all the time when he was my favorite player of all time, it's a fantasy that I live, man. It's, yeah. I can't make yeah. this up. I'm a very blessed individual. You know, I get to be around my heroes every day. Rick yeah. Monday, Fernando, you know, Jaime Harin in his last year. It's like it's great to see him. You know, and just being being around the Dodgers again has brought me back. Like it, it's fun. I love it, man. I love it. One of these days, I'm going to get a phone call from you, just random in the middle of the day, and you're going to say, "Hey, Bill, it's Jake. Hold on," and you're going to hand the phone to Rick Monday. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> I'm expecting this to happen at some point. I'm going to look. It's going to be like two o'clock in the afternoon. Why is Jake calling me? Oh, I better take this. Hey, Jake, how's it going? What's up? If you're ever at the club level and I'm there, I'll make it happen. I'll there tell you Rick, you know, one of your biggest fans is outside, and he'll be like, oh, sure. He's that cool. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'll make that well, happen. Man. Well, top fans, this has been a treat beyond all treats. Um, I, I asked Jake to come on and tell some Dodger stories to, uh uh, and just to tell us some more stuff. And he, like I said, he's a fantastic individual. He's a fantastic father. If you're not following Big Brother Jake, please do that. Um, 
This will get dropped next week. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, or you want to want to reach out to to Jake to hear more Dodger stories, I've I've got a slew of Dodger people that would love to be on. I, I got plenty more. <laughs> we'll we'll have you on again, Jake. We'll, this will be fun. Yeah, I would love to come back on, man. I I appreciate you having me on now, and you know, anytime, anytime you want me on, I'm there. You know, you want reports from the road, you know, I can give those too because I'll be there for the postseason. So whatever you need, man, I'm here, Bill. You know that. I appreciate it, Jake. Thanks for joining us today, yeah? All the time, man. I, anytime you need me, I'm here. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir.